You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported, Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting remotely for WFHB, this is Benedict Jones. And I'm Todd Wicks. This is the WFHB Local News for Tuesday, February 8, 2022. Later in the program, ACLU Indiana filed a lawsuit against Attorney General Todd Rokita, claiming he violated the First Amendment when he barred a journalist from covering his press conferences. More on that in today's headlines. Also coming up in the next half hour, the producers of Blooming Out tackled House Bill 1041, a bill that would ban transgender women and girls from participating in K-12 school sports that match their gender identity. But first, your local headlines. The American Civil Liberties Union of Indiana filed a lawsuit against Attorney General Todd Rukita after he barred a journalist from attending his press conferences. ACLU of Indiana's lawsuit alleges Rokita violated the First Amendment when he disallowed state government and politics reporter Abdul Hakim Shabazz to cover the AG's public briefings. In a statement, Shabazz said, quote, This goes to the heart of the First Amendment and our U.S. Constitution. If Attorney General Rokita can ignore this and ban me from his news conferences, then he can do it to anyone in the press corps, and that can't be good for democracy and transparency, end quote. Shabazz has covered Indiana politics since 2004, working for news outlets such as WRTV, the Indianapolis Star, and the Indianapolis Business Journal. Currently, Shabazz is the editor and publisher of IndiePolitics.org, a site he has owned and operated for over a decade. Meanwhile, Rokita issued a statement that Shabazz is not a, quote, real journalist, labeling him as a gossip journalist. According to the lawsuit, elected officials often hold press conferences that only allow credentialed journalists to attend. The Indiana Department of Administration issues credentials by assigning press passes to journalists. The complaint says Shabazz has a media badge issued by the State Department of Administration, credentials he received years ago, which have never been voided or suspended. In 2018, Shabazz moderated the Republican debate for U.S. Senate. Todd Rokita, one of the candidates running at the time, objected to Shabazz moderating the debate. Thus, lawsuit alleges that Rokita said the debate should be moderated by conservatives, not, quote, liberal media figures. Nonetheless, Rokita's objections proved unsuccessful as Shabazz moderated the debate. Then, in October of 2021, A.G. Rokita announced he would host a press conference regarding a lawsuit filed by his office to challenge robocalls made to Indiana residents. The press conference only allowed credentialed journalists to attend. Shabazz claimed he RSVP'd for the public announcement because he thought it was newsworthy for his audience. Shabazz says that shortly before the press conference began, a staff person employed by the Office of the Attorney General denied Shabazz's entry when he presented his press badge. ACLU Indiana Legal Director Ken Falk said in a statement, quote, 
Blocking a journalist from attending a press conference because one does not agree with their reporting is a clear violation of the First Amendment. A free media functions as a watchdog that can investigate and report on government actions or wrongdoings. End quote. At the Ellettsville Plan Commission meeting on February 3rd, David Drake was re-elected as the president of the commission unanimously. Dan Swafford was unanimously appointed as vice president. The plan commission then heard from petitioner Doug Duncan, who asked for permission to build five self-storage buildings at 55050 West State Road 46, next to the Ellettsville Fire Department. The land is zoned C3 commercial, and storage units are permitted in this area. Director of Planning and Development Kevin Tolati explained how the proposed development fits in with the Plan Commission criteria. Uh, as with all development plans, there are 11 criteria for the Plan Commission to consider, which I can very briefly go over. Uh, compatibility with surrounding land uses. Uh, it's permitted by right. There's already storage units there. So I think that fits right in. Compatibility of the development plan with the recommendations of the comp plan. Uh, this is recommended for commercial use. That fits in as well. Adequate provisions for internal management of traffic. Uh, drive aisles are should be plenty wide for all vehicles to get through for the new building. So there should be any issues with that. And all the traffic will funnel on Seasons Drive. Uh, I imagine out 46, if they really want to, they could go north up through Autumn Ridge, but I don't see that happening. Petitioner Duncan told the commission that the storage unit and the land around it would be designed to look nice from the road. Uh, the thing I wanted to talk about was just to, to, to make the point that uh, we are going to have on, on the, on the um, west side of these new buildings, the, 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 four, um, the four southern buildings, we're going to put a, a brick facade halfway up on the east side. So, so from the road, it'll have a little nicer look than just, just a regular metal building. Uh, we, we wanted to do that just to, to make the whole project look a little bit nicer. And then the, the one issue that uh, I wanted to, to mention is I know we've met in the minimum landscaping requirements at the last meeting, but I would tell you, um, I'm like everybody else. I, you know, when I, I, I'm always concerned when somebody, something new comes in the neighborhood and, and disrupts it. We want to be a good neighbor. We will, we will take a look at that 50 by one, the, the big building, 50 foot wide building that's 100 foot off the, the north property line. We'll go through there and check again this spring and, and reevaluate. We've had a, a couple, I think, of those pine trees die up there along the property line. We will replace those. Commission member Sandra Hash asked if they were going to limit the hours the storage facility would be used since there is a residential area so close nearby. Duncan said that customers would have 24-hour access to the facilities, but explained that traffic shouldn't be high enough to create too much disruption. Please understand, one of the things about a self-storage facility is it has very low traffic impact. You know, it's not, people don't 
people don't rent a unit and then come and go three or four times a month. Normally, they, there's, they, they're back and forth two or three times to load up. And then if they come by once or twice a month, that's unusual. So it, it, there will not be much traffic uh, in the whole, whole facility. The board approved the development plan unanimously. The next plan commission meeting will be held on March 3rd, 2022. In today's feature report, the producers of Blooming Out, one of the nation's longest-running LGBTIQ-focused radio shows, tackled the controversial and harmful House Bill 1041 in the Statehouse. The bill would ban transgender women and girls from participating in K-12 school sports that match their gender identity. The program originally aired on January 27th. Since then, the bill has since passed the House. Blooming Out welcomed several guests to break down the issue at hand. All guests testified at the House Education Committee meeting on Monday, January 24th, to oppose the bill. Well, I'm Justin Robertson. I'm the co-host with Melanie Davis of uh, Blooming Out, and I go by he and him. So thank you all for coming on the show. <laughs> I'm Kit Malone. I use she, hers pronouns. I'm a political advocacy strategist at the ACLU of Indiana. Fabulous. I'm Deb Pardue. I use she, her pronouns. Um, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist who does a lot of mental health work with um, transgender clients. And I'm a PhD candidate who did a lot of research to write a dissertation on transgender mental health training policies for mental health clinicians to help better their um, ability to provide good mental health. Um, although I'm not finishing that dissertation, I decided to stop to focus on keeping my practice open um, because if I finish the dissertation, I have to closed down, which then um, we don't have a lot of great people who are aware in Indiana. And so I didn't want to take away that resource from people. Wonderful. Jean, Jean Smith, she, her, uh, they, them. Uh, bike shop owner, Bike Smith, uh, longtime sponsor at WFHB, uh, president of Stonewall Democrats, South Central Indiana, member of the Indiana uh, Gender Equality Movement, and uh, all around person that's really old. Oh, you're not the queen of England yet, so you're good. Um, Nathaniel Clausen. I'm the parent of a nine-year-old amazing transgender girl. I am also the treasurer for Spencer Pride, and I work for Boston Scientific over in Spencer, and I'm a project manager. Wonderful. Welcome, everybody. It's really exciting to have you on the show. Good to be here. I'm really excited, and you know, I hope that we get a lot of good information out there for people here today. I hope so, too. Uh, we had a bit of a busy Monday, uh, some of us, at the State House, and I think uh, it's really important that we end up talking about that for our listening public, not just for their edification, but also as a, a call to action to get people to understand how things are decided in the state and what we need to do to be responsible citizens to ensure equality for all of our citizenry. So, Kit, I'm going to put you on the spot because you are the person steeped in all of this. So what happened Monday? Steeped is the right word. Just steeping like, like a good, like lukewarm soup. 
Like a nice, like lukewarm Dale chicken soup is how I would describe the IGA right now. As you mentioned, we were out at the State House Monday, um, making our voices heard at the the hearing on H- HB 1041, which would ban transgender athletes from participating in school sports according to their correct gender. Just as a little bit of perspective, that was a committee hearing. The way that bill the bill process works in Indiana is that, you know, bills are authored, and every bill that is um, that is authored and submitted by lawmakers is assigned to a committee um, by the uh, by the in the House that that would fall to the Speaker of the House, Todd Houston, who who assigns those bills to a committee. The committee chair then looks through those assigned bills, makes a decision about which bills are going to get a hearing in that committee. Here's the bills through a number of readings, um, takes testimony, passes those bills out to get a vote in the full chamber of the House. So like a small committee hearing, then we vote on the whole language in the House. By the way, like that will probably be happening tomorrow where this 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 transgender sports ban that passed out of committee on Monday will probably be getting, uh, you know, a vote in the House tomorrow. And then after that, we go through in next week, actually, we go through a period called crossover. Crossover is when the bills cross chambers. So we have, you know, the vote on the House once that sports bill passes out of the House, which it certainly will um, if it is heard. It will go to the Senate um, and it goes through the exact same process where it gets, you know, assigned to a to a to a committee in the Senate does or does not get a hearing. If it does get a hearing, there's a vote. If it passes out of that committee, it goes to the to a to a vote in the full chamber. Um, Now, if during that process of moving through the Senate, that bill has changed significantly, um, then both chambers. Chambers have to get together and reconcile the bill and decide what the final bill is going to look like. And so that's sort of the, the very brief, like footnote version of what this process looks like. And that's complicated enough, let alone, you know, what what the the actual path is. It isn't that schoolhouse rock song we were talking about earlier. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a No, Melanie, what we often say is that the rule in the Indiana General Assembly is that there are no rules. And it seemed, it certainly seemed like that uh, when we were there that morning. Certain things were carried, certain things were prevented from being carried because there were three members who weren't present due to weather or other engagements. That's fine. Yeah, Representative Smith is on that. I understand. So I will hold it open and give them a chance to vote. Okay, we'll hold it open until the other three, if they get here. Thank you. Um, So I move that we... uh, uh, approve this amendment. It's been probably moved in a second. We're not going to take it by consent. Go ahead and call roll, please. Show him excuse, and we'll hold this open as well. The same interest and focus that you do, uh, and do not support the amendment, but we'll be happy to take a roll call if there's no further discussion. Committee discussion? Sure, all those, all those in favor, <laughs> indicate by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, same, uh, opposed, no. No. Motion fails. Um, with that, are there further amendments? Seeing none, will of the committee? Move to pass as amended. Second. Then probably moved and seconded. Go ahead and call roll. Excuse. Uh, we're going to hold this one open. He's excused, or we'll hold it open for him as well. Hold it open for Representative Smith. Seeing no further discussion, go ahead and call roll on the amendment. Dan Allen. 
Could you repeat what you just said? All right, Mr. Chairman, how many members of the committee are not present? Three. So I object to taking a vote total at this point. We don't have, we can we, change the result by the absent any, members. Well, you can object, but uh, I well, don't Mr. have Mr. Chairman, this is a pretty fundamental democratic point, is it not? We have a snowstorm. We have a bill that appeared just the other day. We have people here who want to debate and hear about it. And we're, we don't have enough people to vote properly. And you're going to just announce that, you know, that this amendment lost. Yes, I am. If we could get two out of three we, of the people who aren't here, we, we, we change the result. We did so as well in previous amendments, and there was no demonstrable objection to it. So oh, we're Mr. Move. Chairman, you must be forgetting that I made the point the other day that if we have an overwhelming vote, it doesn't matter if one or two more come in. They can't change the result. This is not that case. But I object to what you're doing here. I appreciate that. Representative Goodridge and Representative Carbar are both in the building. There are other committee meetings. And well, they have a right to come up here as does Representative But we're moving Smith. forward. The bill as amended. There were three bills being heard on Monday, and the third one was the bill that we were there for, House Bill 1041. It's just one of those cookie cut, and I say it's just, not, not to dismiss it, but because it is literally one of many anti-trans bills coming through in the past couple of years through not just Indiana, but tons of other states. I think they all originate in Texas, I mean, or Florida. Those seem to be the two big uh, test states for these think things, right? Think tanks. Think tanks. Okay, so there, there are a couple of groups. Was so it the Lavender Parents, Purple Parents? What's the, what's the name of the group? Purple for Parents. That's it. They're the main force behind the sort of school censorship bills, like... Um, 166, Senate Bill 167 that was recently lofted um, all the way up to Colbert, um, which uh, <laughs> caused that to, to, to die in a fire. Um, right. But there's, it has a companion bill that is almost identical um, that is that was just voted out of the House um, today. Um, Good. So the Purple for Parents folks are really, really pushing these school censorship bills. Um, the 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 anti-trans bills are largely done with the backing of groups like Indiana Family Institute. Those are the lovely people that brought us RIFRA. Um, mm -hmm. Those of you who remember the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, um, the people who were literally like photographed behind our former governor, Mike Pence, um, as he signed that. Um, these are the same people that are the, the folks behind this bill language. They were national partners like the Alliance Defending Freedom, which is, I must always footnote, a Southern Poverty Law Center designated far-right anti-LGBTQ hate group mm -hmm. um, to, to craft these bill language, this bill language and find some poor sucker in the General Assembly to carry it. I wanted, I wanted to add one other thing too, and that is that might be seem obvious, but on the other hand, it seemed sort of ridiculous that this was the education committee. You know, so so you know, it's something for people to keep in mind that this is about the education of youth. Yeah, and the education committee gets a lot of these bills, um, particularly in the past year um, or to the past couple of sessions as, as sort of attacks on youth specifically have really become the, the focus of the anti-trans movement. We're seeing, um, you know, really the narrative focus in on youth in schools um, as a place where they can activate sort of the, the, their movable metal um, in terms of getting outrage out there. And that's that's sort of why we continue to see this. Obviously this bill was, was germane to the education committee because it dealt specifically with K-12 
and college sports. Now it's been reduced to simply K-12 sports. Um, they removed um, college, pr presumably because the NCAA does not want, um, you know, a law restricting their ability to make policy on the issue. They, they just changed their position recently, right? They had been pro-trans inclusion, and now they're kind of like stepping back from being so vociferous in that way and being a little more, um, not maybe- Cowardly? Coward there you go. Did I say well, cowardly? You said Dare cowardly. I say politically coward political cowardice? Yeah. 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 Because not supporting the students, that just seems antithetical to what they're there for. They're there for supporting the students in one way or another. And this way is just taking the, the cheap way out. Well, and I just want to point out that the NCAA recently had a massive flap um, where um, it was exposed the differences in treatment between um, men and women on sports teams, uh, the different resources that women um, received, like far, far um, exceeded by the men um, who were able to get incredible resources and meals and training facilities. And the women were sort of stuck with the leftovers. Um, and like, to me, this, this position is such a, is, 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 is extra cowardly because, you know, there's been no real big push to change that inequity. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the, you know, the idea that the, the trans athletes and the NCAA are the real problem with gender disparity is just ludicrous. Blooming Out airs each Thursday at 6 p.m. on WFHB Community Radio. To listen to both Part 1 and Part 2 of Blooming Out's coverage on House Bill 1041, please visit wfhb.org following this broadcast. Support for WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolar.com. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Noel Herhusky Schneider in partnership with CATS, Community Access Television Services. Our feature was produced by Melanie Davis. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. Engineer and executive producer is Cade Young. For WFHB, I'm Todd Wicks. And I'm Benedict Jones. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent daily news program. You can hear tonight's full broadcast online at WFHB.org. The WFHB Local News is also available as a podcast. Just search for our call letters, WFHB, wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
Subscribe to never miss another local news program. Stay tuned for Planetary Radio, a program that explores our solar system and beyond. Coming up next on WFHB Community Radio. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. Our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB Local News Volunteer by attending New Volunteer Orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB Local News Archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories, and catch a live feed of the WFHB Local News. We are local, longer, 